0: Welcome back to Ballistic Chronicles. This is Gary Lewis. I'm your host. Today we're going to talk about mountain lion hunting. And we're going to talk to my friend Matt Staley. And we're going to talk about tracking snow, spot and stock, calling, and all those sorts of things. I think you're going to like this one. If you want to support free speech and good hunting content in the internet age, you can support the show at garylewisoutdoors.supercast.com. Tech. You can look for our coffee and books at garylewisoutdoors.com.
1: Let's get started. So in hunting mountain lions, I've killed a couple of them in my years. I've never called one in. Uh, I've heard lots of people have done that. But the only ways I've ever found them is tracking um, and then just plain old dumb luck. Right
0: on. See, that's what I've been banking on for all this time is, is the dumb luck. That's, and that's not been working for me. I've seen 10 mountain lions in the wild when um, I could not hunt them legally. You know, in our state, prior to the current era, they, they had um, a period of time when the season was closed.
1: Right. It was during the mating season, I believe it was. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, or what they say was the mating season because they can mate year round. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, and I've seen them in California where you're not can't allowed to all hunt them. them, and I've seen them at night, mm-hmm. and I've seen them with kittens. So and you can't hunt those.
1: Yeah, there's a lot, when they have spots. I believe is the yeah um, the criteria.
0: So there's different ways. There's tracking, like we talked about, there's calling, there's bot and stock, and then there's also where you go out and you take some cougar scent, like maybe you've harvested from a male cougar, and then you create a little spot where you rake the ground and then you put this stuff there, you set up a trail camera and you come back and you see if that cougar's come and visited, and then maybe you can get another cougar by using the scent of the one
1: well, you got before, right? And on the along those lines, I've heard that obsession for men cologne has yeah. something in it that they like. I've never. Oh no! I've really? Never tested it, and I've heard that I've heard several people. Yes, absolutely. They, there's something about it. They like it.
0: Man, well, I, you know, I'm starting to get an obsession because I've been really wanting to get a mountain lion for a long time. So maybe that's it. I'll I'll go down to the. Yeah. The fragrance I,
1: counter. I wouldn't even know where to go, to go now. You <laughs> might have to order it online. It's so old, I don't even know if they sell it in the stores. Oh, okay. I could get it on eBay. You could. You could get it on a, Amazon, any of those places, for sure.
0: <laughs> All right. So you've actually got a couple mountain lions. Yes. And let's start with the second one first. Tell us about that one.
1: So that one would have been in October... 2013 um, I was out um, we were out in the high desert the hinterlands yeah I mean we're out behind pine Pine mountain we were just we weren't really hunting we were just just out there to be out there you know looking at the deer and because at that point they were in herds okay so this is winter range yeah we were seeing herds of deer and we saw um several different herds of varying sizes some of them were pretty uh, pretty good sized herds mm-hmm. um, and in my experience um, when you see a herd of deer you it's pretty likely there's a mountain lion near, nearby yes near that herd kind of just you know trying to just keeping it under control um, and we were just going through the woods and came around a corner and I saw yeah you're on a two track in a y- yes. toyota or yeah something. a little yeah. jeep trail and i saw something up ahead maybe 50 60 yards on the side of the road and i took a minute for my brain to register what mm-hmm. i was seeing it was a cat uh, so this is three years after you got your first one. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're already tuned in, maybe a little better than yeah, I mean, the I, regular guy would have been. I knew what they you know, what to look for and, and you know, I'm when I'm out there I'm always scanning for wildlife. Um, I mean I've spotted deer a hundred yards from the road laying down in the sage with just their head sticking up, just yeah. looking. Yeah. As we're driving down a two track. I've yeah. done it. Um, so when I see something that's, that's not the brush, um, and at first I didn't realize what I was looking at, but it only took a second or two and I figured out what it was and I grabbed the rifle and jumped out, um, off the side of the road and shot it and it jumped, it took two big bounds, probably 20, 30 feet apiece. And then f- fell over and was in its throes of death. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you were using a six millimeter. Six mm Remington. Um, you brought it over as an M seventy seven. Yeah. It's got the, the varmint barrel, I guess. It's a one in uh, one in twelve twist. So it's a slow twist. Yeah, and uh, is. Kind of a heavier rifle by today's
0: standards, but you know I like it, and Mm -hmm. it's got that tang safety on it, and then you've got a custom loophole scope on it, Mm -hmm. and that looks like a newer scope, probably not the scope you had on it. when you shot this one, but okay, so this is a six millimeter. It's got a ballistic tip.
1: Yeah, so that's a Nosler seventy grain ballistic tip,
0: and that's what you used on. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yes,
1: and actually the powder that was in the the round that i shot that with would have been varget mm-hmm. and we had loaded that to um what the nosler Reloader book claims to be 3500 feet per second muzzle velocity uh-huh. so it's moving out well it seemed to work on that
0: cat you showed me a picture of it laying on the tailgate yeah. of a toyota I mean, it,
1: it it went in um and went straight through i hit the liver and the exit hole was the same size as the entry hole. uh uh-huh. um, Like, there, there's not... A, it wasn't a ton of damage. The thing just... Thin-skinned uh, animal. Just... Yeah. I mean, I'm... I've recovered bullets from trees, actually, that I've shot deer with. And those ballistic tips will actually expend pretty much all of the lead mm-hmm. inside mm-hmm. The, the animal... And then the only thing that goes out the back is the the jacket and the base. And the base, yeah. Because I found it. You know. Ah, okay. Um, and I think what's happening is that that rotation that when it when the bullet fragments, it's going so fast, and that RPM of the bullet is so high that that those tiny pieces just go in a big mm-hmm. pattern. They just mm-hmm. destroy everything. Yeah, very good. But they don't put a huge exit hole like a 300 okay so hit what did the cat do it, a couple of bounds it jumped away from us uh probably i mean it made a huge leap another huge leap and then fell over behind a log mm-hmm. and that was my hit. friend that i was with was when i started walking towards it and he was a little freaked out that i would go towards something that yeah, <laughs> something like that that I had just shot. Um, but I was pretty, um, confident in it's, Oh man, you're using probably the right, the right bullet, the right yeah. caliber. Yeah. you
0: know, you're confident of your shot. Yeah. And not? Then,
1: you know, I, 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 still, I had another round in the chamber and you know, I, if I can shoot it once, I probably can shoot it again. So yeah. it wasn't, and I wasn't like running up on it. Like I'm going to go stick my head in its mouth or something. Yeah. 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 Um,
0: Okay, so that's that was number two. And uh, what did that one weigh? Do you remember? Did you weigh it? It was a
1: hundred and gosh, she was once it was without all the it was cleaned out. I cleaned her out mm-hmm. and took it in, and we weighed it, and it was I think a hundred and ten with no guts. Okay, so, so fairly big animal. She was probably hundred and twenty, hundred and. 30 pounds, maybe. Okay. So now let's talk
0: about your first one. Then that, that one, you tracked it.
1: That one. Yes. So that one, we were actually looking for cats. We went out probably maybe three o'clock in the morning, two or three in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, and we went out and there was, it was, the conditions were perfect. It was, there was like probably two inches of fresh snow and it was like it snowed overnight and then stopped snowing, which was key. Yeah. And, and you looked at the forecast and you saw it was going to happen like that? Well, you just saw that was what they claimed would happen. Yeah. But then you get up and you're like, ooh, it happened. Let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. Um, so we went out and we're looking for tracks. Um, we cut a set of tracks and didn't weren't really sure. We knew there was more than one animal more than mm-hmm. one cat. Um but this was like, like 4 o'clock in the morning. So we're not going to track them at 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So we just kept going. Um, we found the obligatory herd of deer. <laughs> um, we actually watched them cross the road one at a time. They, they literally crossed the road in front of us about 300 yards out one at mm-hmm. a time. And we counted 150 of them. Oh, yeah. man. I wish that we had those days again. Yeah, I went out. I've been out to that same area multiple times. And yeah. last time I was there... I saw absolutely nothing yeah. and it, the conditions were actually exactly the same. Mm-hmm. There was snow. Um, but there was nothing mm-hmm. there was, there were no tracks of any kind anywhere out there. in that s- exact same spot. Um, and this was last, it was this spring actually yeah. around the same time that I had went after those. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we went out, when it got light, we saw the deer, we counted them. It was pretty awesome. Um, and then once we determined, okay, it's been long enough and it's, it's light. Let's go back where we found the tracks and we'll park and we'll follow them in, see what we run into. And when I say the conditions were perfect, they, they were absolutely perfect. It was a breeze and it was in our face. Mm -hmm. So we were going into the wind behind the animals. Um, And, um, it was actually almost a wind. It was pretty cold. Um, so we tracked them, gosh, I don't know. It felt like miles, but it was probably maybe a mile. Mm -hmm. Um, and we were still like, we knew there was more than one, but we weren't really sure how many. And we came up over this rise in the, there's a lava flow area and, um, came up over the rise and one of us made a noise or something and in front of us was this log uh, perpendicular to our path of travel and the, a big mountain lion jumped up, ran to our right up over a the, the lava flow and disappeared mm-hmm. um, like instantly. And then three more took off straight out mm. where we'd be able to see him for mm-hmm. a long time. So we both, Um, took shots. Um, One actually went kind of left, and the gentleman I was hunting with shot it and hit it in the back end, Mm -hmm. dropped it. Mm -hmm. Um, and the other ones we had no idea if we'd hit anything. So we went over to the one he had shot, and it wasn't it wasn't dead. It was um, Mm -hmm. in distress, and so he put it down. Yeah. Um, And I started kind of checking it out. And they weren't really big. They were 85, 90. Mm -hmm. They were not that old. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not spotted, but they were were not fully mature cats. Thus, they didn't run in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Um, And while he was kind of fooling around, checking it out, you know, because it was pretty exciting. He'd never shot one before. Yeah. I said, hey, I'm going to go take a look over here where the other two went and, and see... If by chance we hit one. Yeah. Um, you know, we're hunting with bolt action rifles. You don't, you know, you don't get a lot of shots off. Um, and sure enough, I walked out a ways. Wasn't very far, but it was out of his sight. He couldn't see me at that point. Um, and I found blood. And so I followed that set of tracks into, um, I don't know what do you call it? It was like a lava flow above the ground, and then it had a crack in the middle where mm-hmm. they like to split open, and you could kind of actually walk down this crack. Mm-hmm. And I saw the tracks go into that, and I said, I don't think I'm going to go in there um, no. yeah, with that. So I saw, I determined which direction in that crack that it had, it had gone. I said, well, maybe if I parallel it, and this is back towards where my friend is out there with his animal. So I headed back towards that way, following this this lava flow, and then got to where it looked like it kind of ended. And then there was the crack. You could see where the crack you could come out of it there. So I'm like, okay, well, let me... There's a big rock kind of right at the end of that. So I climbed up on this rock. It was probably six or seven feet high and I'm looking down this crack. I can see quite a ways cause I'm a little bit higher than the rest of it and I'm not seeing anything I'm looking. And so I'm just kind of looking my way towards myself and I look down and I see the tip of its tail just mm-hmm. kind of sticking up and you know how a cat moves its tail mm-hmm. when it's ready to jump on a mouse. Um, and so I immediately realized that that was, the other end of the cat and so <laughs> yeah. i had my my rifle and it was a round chambered it was not on safe because i knew there was something out there that i wanted to be ready for and i was actually staring in the face of this cat that one of us had hit yeah at a distance of six seven feet uh-huh. maybe and it was staring right at me kind of hunkered down yeah and so I basically just brought my rifle around slowly <clears throat> until the, where I believe the muzzle was pointed at its head and pulled the trigger. And that's where I hit it. Um, it, when it, when I hit it, it actually shot out of the crack kind of off to my left. Cause it was, I'm pretty sure it was coiled up ready to go. And, uh, so where, was, where did the first bullet hit it the first that? round hit it in I think the left front leg okay like not up in the shoulder where it would have went yeah. into the the uh-huh. torso but it, I think it broke that left front yeah. leg so you were able to follow it up pretty
0: fast and and take care of it pretty fast yeah, yeah.
1: I mean it doesn't it didn't it wasn't out there for yeah. more than maybe. Fifteen yeah. minutes. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. I didn't have to go far yeah. to to uh, to locate it. But the crazy part was, my friend that was out with his cat hadn't heard me tell him that I was going to go yes. look for the other one. And after I had walked off, he looked around and he's out there by himself. No, no, he's out there with that, <laughs> that that idiot. Just went after a wounded cat. And then as he came around the corner looking for me that's when i shot mm-hmm. the thing in the head so um it there was some adrenaline going on there i've you know for both of you oh man i mean he's a like, what did that <laughs> just happened i was like i just shot it in the head it's right there um so you know a lot of guys go out and they you know jump off jump out of airplanes jump off base jumping off cliffs and bungee jump and yeah uh, this, is, this was more than enough adrenaline for me to have yeah. something with big claws and big teeth yeah. that close. I
0: think a couple of my experiences where the adrenaline was just spiked was with a black mamba in Africa and then with a rattlesnake that actually attacked me. Wow. I mean, it charged me, and I had to shoot it while it was charging me. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that's... So a couple of, a couple of times with I mean, there's nothing like, really got to me.
1: nothing like hunting something that will hunt you back. Yeah. yeah, You know, I mean, you want to talk about, you know, it being fair. Yeah, I right. Mean, well, you can't hunt it with a rifle. It's not fair. Well, I'd say it's pretty fair. Yeah, you
0: know, I think about all the years I have bought cougar tags and haven't been able to get one, and, yeah. and I hunt them specifically, and, and maybe not as much as I would like to think I I would, but um, I, when I call, I use the mountain lion sounds. I use the mountain lion vocalizations, and so I first is the whistle, uh-huh. and so then I'll go quiet for a few minutes after I use the whistle, mm-hmm. and then I'll use the mating sound. Okay. And so then when that mating sound starts, I, I let it go for a while, then I shut it off. And then quiet for a long time, sure. and, but I'm calling in coyotes with that too. I would, hmm. and because the coyote, they're coming in really sketchy. I mean, yeah, they're, not, they're They're looking over their shoulders. They don't know where this lion is, but you know, cats and dogs, yeah, they're no, going to mix it up. They don't want to
1: get near that.
0: They don't want it to be behind them. Anymore. No, or yeah, I would. Yeah, <laughs> no, thank you. But anyway, that's that's what I've been doing, and yeah. when I use that whistle, I get responses from mountain lions. I mean, off in the distance sometimes. Hmm. But, you know, they're so hard to see. Yeah, they're and really. They come in slow when they stop.
1: And... Yeah, and they're not running ridgelines. Right. They're running, you know, cracks in the lava like mm-hmm. that, you know, where you just can't see them. And I think having two sets of eyes is mm-hmm. really important. I think by yourself, I don't know that it's a dangerous Per se, more than any other way mm. of doing it. But I think if you're if you only have one set of eyes, I, I think you're at a huge disadvantage. Right. And that's what I've been doing. I've been hunting solo. Yeah, I think if you had uh, um, someone else with you that you know could knew what to look for and what you know what they were seeing, yeah. I think that would really help.
0: Okay. Well, any other takeaways that you share with a person who has a mountain lion tag in their
1: pocket? I would say. Probably the most critical would be finding the deer, Mm -hmm. the food source. Yep. And then, if you're tracking them, you need to have the the right conditions. Um, Tracking snow two inches, calm and clear. Yeah, just snow. You can yeah, snow. You can see the tracks in, and that they'll last a while.
0: So what I've kind of experienced is that you get that snow and maybe it's two or four inches and then nothing's moving around
1: for like a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. But then maybe
0: the next day, everything starts
1: moving around. Right. So, I mean, maybe it snows like the day or the evening before and then quits. Mm -hmm. And then the next morning they want to get up and move around. Yeah. Um, So... It's, it's all just, it's hard to say. It's, it's just random. I mean. You,
0: yeah. And you got to be out
1: there. Yeah. I mean, it, the biggest thing is you got to be there. Yeah. If you're not going to, if you're not where they are, or if you're not out in the woods, you're probably mm-hmm. not going to see one. Yeah. Um, unless you're over by Pilot Butte Elementary, then you might see one. <laughs> yeah. um, I actually, have a friend that lives off on Mathers Road. And last fall, they had one that was running around up there. Yeah. Um, and well, sure. That's there's always some deer wintering well, in their spot, you know, right on the edge of town, small, right on the edge of the desert in the forest. Yeah, there's small dogs and yeah, you know, things that can't get away. So, um, on a separate note, the area where I got my first mountain lion, I actually. Lost my dog in that area several years later. And he was out there for six days. Yeah. A cocker spaniel, like a black cocker spaniel, Whew. lost in that exact same area for six days. Was, and you got him back? He was picked up by some ATV, people mm. on ATVers, because it's near mm. some ATV camps. Yeah. And they picked him up and brought him in and... Um, Man, you, were, you didn't think you'd see him again. No, I did not. I, you know, I'm like, all right, well, that was the end of that chapter. But, <laughs> yeah. You know, he was, you know, he he was never the same. Um, <laughs> he was haunted after well, that. Well, yeah, and he just was never, his health wasn't, because he lived mm. without food or oh, water for right. six days. Yeah. So he was kind of messed up. I mean, he only lived another maybe three years. And he, he was, you know... He wasn't a young dog at the Mm -hmm. time either. Yeah. Um, He was just terrified of gunfire. And I had him in the truck and we were shooting Mm, targets. And he jumped out the window that I didn't realize was open and was was gone. I never, I didn't even see him jump out because I didn't, you know, and uh, so I went back there to that spot with food and water every day for like four, four or five days. Yeah, And I even went and I followed his tracks as far as I could find them.
0: One of the things that seems to work in that situation is to take your favorite T-shirt I did that. and drop it out there. I left
1: a sweatshirt that I had been wearing <clears throat> right with the food and the water. Uh, but he actually crossed and he went a couple of miles. Um, and he was actually headed... Towards Ben. he was getting back towards your yeah, home. Yeah, it yeah, was going to yeah. be a television
0: show. He was, was going right to be a made for TV movie,
1: and there was people out there on their four wheelers, and they saw him, and they, he ran right up to him. Yeah, yeah, he's, he loved people, so they picked him up and brought him in and called. He him. loved
0: people even more after that. Yeah,
1: called the Humane Society, and they called us because they knew we had let them know that we were missing, and he met, he fit the description, and so instead of dropping him off, and we had to pay all their fees, the um. They met us, or my wife. I was at work, but they met my wife at, like in the parking lot. Yeah. So just, you know. So he was pretty happy to see us, that's yeah. for Sure. So that's awesome. That's a good end to that story. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. Well, thank you. It's really cool to hear those stories again yeah. and and share them with the people out there. Hey guys, if you like what we're doing here on Ballistic Chronicles, you can support the show and get in depth hunting content you won't get anywhere else. Just go to GaryLewisOutdoors.supercast.tech or click through in the show notes. Our coffees are Frontier Roast and Fishing Central Oregon Reserve Roast. Our coffees are the right choice for great outdoor moments. Get yours today at garylewisoutdoors.com. Our latest book is Bob Nosler, Born Ballistic, the hardcover from Gary Lewis Outdoors. This book tells the story of Bob Nosler with an insight into growing up in the 50s and 60s. Every boy needs a mentor and every boy needs a hero. Heck, Even when we're all grown up, we need heroes, and Bob Nosler grew up walking the trails with John Nosler, the founder and inventor of the partition bullet. His father was a self-taught bullet designer and machinist, and Bob took that same focus, turned it on the business, and this now is the story of the life and adventures of Bob Nosler. Get Bob Nosler, Born Ballistic at GaryLewisOutdoors.com and Nosler.com, Amazon.com.